welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow host and fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, you look a little bit older today. I feel a little bit older today. It's somebody's birthday today. <laughs> yep, that's me. Yeah, you old geezer, you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, every day I wake up, every day I'm a little bit older. I know. That's crazy how that works. Huh? Just trying to make the best of it, you know? Yes, Do what sir. I can. Uh, say running back incorrectly because I don't pronounce the G. Oh, yeah. nobody's perfect. I did my ESPN show and somebody wrote like, why can't this guy pronounce running back correctly? And I wrote back. <laughs> That's my biggest flaw in life. I know. I saw you tweet that. <laughs> Did you see it? Uh-huh. All right. Um, so we're back. Today we're going to do a show on unsettled situations. Breaking the tie. Breaking the tie. So we're going to try and break the tie. We're going to go through, you know, the AFC East, you know, the AFC North. Go look at a couple of situations where, it's, you know, hey, which guy do I want on my roster? Mostly for this year. Sure. We can talk Dynasty right. too about it. But right. like, what's going on this year? Because even though we play Dynasty, it's on a year-to-year basis where you're trying to win the whole damn thing. This this is the part of the season where we kind of have to switch from our long-term view and kind of get our this this season situations kind of figured out. Yes, that's where we're at. And then next week we're going to do Sleepers, yes. which is always fun. Right. It's always a good episode. Yes, Tune sir. in to see who we, uh, we think is going to come wide awake right on other deep sleep <laughs> help you out win a championship but uh yeah this year's what we're gonna talk about we have a t-shirt giveaway for a nerd herd member that's this, coming uh, right? this month it's easy to be a nerd herd member just donate a dollar to the site and you're a member uh probably have some new things coming up here in the future we'll talk about you know maybe some additional podcasts or something for oh. nerd herd members hey mm-hmm. hey we'll see we'll talk about it yep get through the season first because the season's what's important True statement. Because, you know, like 80% of Dynasty players try are trying to win this year. You know, most of the people are actually trying to win. Most of them. Some people. Some people eh. know their situation. They know that they're going to end up um, losing. So. Oh, well, if we go there, that's probably like 60%. No, 70% think they can win. No, yeah, I was going to say a lot of people are delusional. In uh, reality, about 40% of them can win. Right. But 70 and it's never good to be that team, right? Like, hey, no. I can win. And you're like... Yeah, sure you can win. You're starting running backs for C.J. Anderson and Duke Johnson. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got this on lockdown. You just offended somebody, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, don't worry. Week four, I got Doug Martin coming back, which is good, but it's probably going to be a little too little too late. Speaking of um, Duke Johnson, I just watched him in the last preseason game. That guy is so afraid to, of like contact. What are you talking about? He was stiff-arming fools. Yeah, yeah, he got injured on the play. No, no, no. He stiffed him. He, he stiff armed him, and then the guy dragged him down, and he got he walked off with a stinger. Listen, he catches the ball well. He's going to catch over fifty footballs. He's never going to be. A star I hope they. Back. I just hope they make him a wide receiver. Listen, did you if, see him get bowled over in uh, in pass protection? Yeah, I did. The guy Actually, just I saw that play. The guy just pushed him out of the way like a little turd. He did. He was like. He was like a little. He was like a little turd in the bowl. As you can tell, I'm starting to get a little bit of beef with Duke Johnson. Well, I have no beef with Duke Johnson because you know what? If Danny Wood had entered the program of adopt a, adopt a little brother, a little big brother program, <laughs> Duke would be right there with him. I, him no, and Darren Sproles both going, "Hey, Duke, welcome I, to the family." Son. No, listen, I'm, you know what I, you're going to do? You're going to catch footballs, and that's all you're going to do because if you try to run in between the tackles, you're not going to get very far. I'm cool with that as long as they know that. 
okay. long as the Browns know that, and they, they know that, they don't use them like that. They have to know that. The only reason he started was because Crow right. had the hammy, and Duke was in there long trying to run between the tackles before they brought in Matt Days. Tell you what, I was going to say, Matt, Matt Days, Days looks look, That's exactly what I was about to say. Matt Days looks like he's he could be an actual running back. Yeah, Matt Days is going to make the roster for for being the second to last pick in the draft. He he is an interesting stash because there's yeah. a possibility if they can't come to agreement with Crow and Days shows enough, they might give him a crack at this roster next right. year. He's he has looked. He's good. oh yeah, he's looked hands down better than Duke Johnson and running the ball. He catches the ball. He well. catches the ball well as yeah. also. Kind of a so. shocker because he was like at you know UNC he was just kind of right. Yeah, okay. He looked like he was average, but he he looks very quick, man, out on the out on the football field. He looks good. A couple of running backs decisive good this weekend. Yeah. A couple of young guys. We're actually going to talk about a couple of them here in uh, unsettled situations. Right now, breaking the tie. But before we get to that, let's talk about some news and notes, shall we? Alrighty. Hit me with the high. Oh, um, so Odell Be- Beckham is not dead. He didn't die during that hit. His knee is not in shambles. The MRI came back, and, you know, it's just basically a sprained ankle. So I was, all, yeah. I was a little scared. Oh, I, I was watching the game, and you are an Odell I'm an Beckham Odell owner. So owner. Hitting, you had to tinkle a little bit. So literally right before that play. Um, you dampened your undies. No, John Gruden was like, oh. Odell Beckham's about to be a very rich man. And I thought to myself, I'm like, why the hell is John Gruden trying to jinx my team right now by putting you know the whammy on Odell Beckham? And literally the next play, he almost blows out his knee. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Exactly. Wah, wah, wah. Exactly. It was a hard – it was a clean hit. It was a hard – he's so lucky his cleat wasn't, oh like, gosh. in the ground. Like, yeah. he was actually coming up a little bit because that was bad news. When I saw him on, the, on his knees uh-huh. in uh, in the locker room crying like a little bee, <laughs> I was like, ooh, this is not good. I know. So I, I'm, I'm sure good. there was Get a lot of – man a tissue. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there um, just like me watching that moment thinking, oh, crap, my season is going to go down the tubes. I'm in, like, 20 leagues. I have 0.0 tell shares not that i wouldn't want any yeah i just don't he's just one of those guys i don't have any shares of so i was like well that's you know yeah it is what it is a lot of people are gonna be a little upset uh but it sounds like he is okay he's okay he should be ready for week one if not it's not a long-term thing either way he might miss a week or or so he'll be back right i think he'll be be back as well um, on a, you know, on a side note to that as well, uh, Brandon Marshall went out of that game with a shoulder injury. He is also okay. Browns uh, defense ain't every, messing around, man. Yeah, they're not. No, they're bringing the pain. Greg Williams got bounties on him. Oh, I mean, I know I did no, not say no, that. No, no, no. I did not no. say that. I he's being aggressive. Be, be aggressive. Aggressive. That's what he's doing. Exactly. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So, um, moving on, both those guys are all right. Um, we had a couple uh, quarterback battles that um, got settled kind of over the weekend. Yeah. And kind announced. Of all, kind of all going according to plan. Right, yeah. Trevor Sivian uh, won the job there in Denver. I think that – I mean, to anybody that watched the two guys play, that looked very uh, fairly obvious. Yeah, I mean, Paxton Lynch, former first-round pick. Looks like he's going to be a former first-round bust. Right. Uh, usually if you can't win a starting job and your first-round pick as a quarterback in year two – your future's pretty bleak. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that's physically gifted, but it, it seems like he uh, he's having a hard time adjusting to this to the NFL game mentally. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's not like he went out there and got shell-shocked. There's still time for him to to develop, but I mean, it's not you don't have high hopes when the guy can't win a job in his second year when they're basically trying to give it to him and he's not winning it. So, that's kind of a bummer if you're a um Paxton Lynch, Paxton Lynch owner. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you're Paxton Lynch owner, well, and that's what you're hoping for, eh, you probably didn't have uh, 
too good of a chance to win it all this year, anyways. No, I mean, maybe, I, maybe if you took him, like I have him in Scott Fishbowl. Right, I took I took him as a I mean I took him as a late round dart last my year. Super flex and I, I didn't need him. I just took him because he was the best guy in a crappy yeah, draft. First round pick. Right. I'm always taking first round. Sure. Picks, unless sure. your name's Will Fuller. Exactly. Uh, also, um, Tom Savage. Good news for DeAndre Hopkins owners because right. him and him and Nuke have a really good uh, rapport going. Wow, that was a nice air hump right there. That was an air hump. That was an air. That was a uh, me to you, from you to me. Air hump. Go That's deep. <laughs> go deep, DeAndre. But to throw you a bomb. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's good news for him. Right. So maybe Tom Savage kind of turned into a little something, something this year. Who knows? I Either mean, way, Deshaun, Deshaun uh, Watson's the future there. Deshaun Watson is the future. But he just looked okay. Right. You know? Um Week one preseason. I, I think he looked, looked pretty good. I think he looked the way I thought he would look. He he his balls aren't as accurate as they need to be at this uh-huh. point. Yep. And, and he's a young guy. That's a tough offense. I think they they said they uh, they've attempted to pare it down a little bit for him uh, when he's in there. I think that's all the quarterbacks in this class. I think you know, so. From Deshaun Kaiser right. to Mitch Trubisky to Pat Mahomes, uh, they all kind of need if they're going to play. Let's give them at least six weeks so they get in there. All right. Then see what they have. Um, it's going to be all on where the team is. You know, if Tom Savage could keep on playing, the team's good enough where. He'll be playing all year long. Oh yeah, if the yeah, if any one of these teams that has a young guy um, goes down the tank, basically it's going to be yeah. rookie quarterback time. Like the sure. Browns are announced today that you're listening to the podcast, they're starting a quarterback. Most likely, I think it's going to be Brock Osweiler. You're fifty fifty on that, but eventually the Browns will play Sean Kaiser. Right. Uh, eventually, the Bears will most likely play Mitch Trubisky, but the other guys, Mahomes and Watson, mm, not necessarily sure we'll see those guys this year. Right, which is not a bad thing. I think Mahomes is probably the farthest away, just because he has the best quarterback in, ahead of him. He looked pretty good in his preseason game. He's got a good arm. He he does. I mean, he, it's not because he looks bad. I think it's he just has the best quarterback in, ahead of him, so he's yeah. not going to see the field. No, for sure, less injuries. Sense. You know. And of course, the biggest news of the weekend is our friend, our personal friend, our comrade, our friend that we've never spoken to in our life. I was just saying, I didn't know that we were friends with him. Or guy. have we written to, yeah. or made any contact physically? <laughs> verbally or mentally with that good friend <laughs> that good friend uh anquan bolden uh-huh. he's like hey man you guys got rid of sammy watkins i've been here for a couple weeks um, this isn't what i signed up for man yeah i'm just gonna bolt you know <laughs> this is not what i you know, said anquan bolden anquan bolton i am out of yeah. here uh good luck with that uh i'll use zay jones zay jones owners out there Rejoice. you're happy after sammy left well, the rich get richer because now uh, Anquan Bolton's left as well. And now the number one receiver in Buffalo is... Mm, Zay Jones. Zay Zay Jones. Hey, man. Uh, too bad, like, they're like whatever they're doing that offense, how it's not fit for Tyrod, who knows? What, I don't know what's going on there. I would. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Nate Peterman sees some snaps at some point. Yeah, they should trade Tyrod to, like, Jacksonville or or Denver. Yeah, or somebody. No, I'm with you, man. Um, uh, I think he fit good in Jacksonville with that, you know, throwing deep balls like that. Sure. He's a deep ball thrower, and whatever they're having him doing out there, I don't know what's going on, but it does not fit his skill set. Nate Peterman hasn't looked bad either in preseason. That's all right. Yeah, maybe a little scoop up if you're if you're in that kind of league to see sure. what happens. I mean, Superflex for sure. I'd be surprised if he wasn't already scooped up. Oh but. yeah, he's going to be owned in a Superflex draft right. no matter right. what. Uh, but Zay Jones, another positive step for him for a guy that you and I both like a lot. Come out of here. We both we gave him a first-round grade, said you had to take this guy in the first round of your rookie draft. Hopefully you got him because right now uh, it's safe to say he'd go pretty high. Yeah, arrow's definitely going up for Zay. So uh, let's get into this, shall we? Yeah, let's do this. So unsettled situations breaking a tie. You and I 
are going to go through these uh, divisions, go through the teams, and look at situations that we think are pretty close, and where do we lean on this? Sure, sure. So, so let's just move over to the AFC uh, East, shall we? Let's do it. And the first situation we're going to get to is the Patriots. And I know we talked about either last week or a week or two ago about what player we would not want to mess with at all or situation, and it was the New England Patriots running back scenario right so you got you know mike gilsley you got rex burkhead you got james white you got Deion lewis all sound like pretty good options to me they all do and um i mean unfortunately you can only pick one here you can only if you can only pick one so you're like okay these are the guys you can play one of these guys who do you want on your team and i know we haven't seen gilsley at all Right, he's just he, not coming back from the hand. I was gonna say he just came back. I think today for like a full practice for the first time. But for me, I'm gonna pick one of the, I'm gonna pick one of the the backs that catches the passes out of the backfield. Um, for me, it, it it's got to be James White, just because Deion Lewis has such an injury history. I mean, if they were on even ground and neither one of them had an injury concern, I would say Deion Lewis because I think he's a little bit more explosive. But I I think. Um, James White went a long way in earning the trust of the team last year during that playoff run and, and specifically in the in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he was, you know, so far in the preseason, he's the guy who's coming in on third down, so he's a third down back. I'd actually lean a different way. I'm going to lean towards Rex Burkhead. Okay. Because from all the rumors coming out of there is Bill Belichick picked him out personally. And so far he's looked pretty good in the Patriots' backfield. He's, you know, he's been active a lot. I know it's been the first, second downs. But he has caught all of his targets. You know, he caught, I think the last game he caught three, but three of his targets, and he got a 50 yards and a touchdown. Sure. So he looks pretty good. The whole situation's murky. Very murky. I agree with you. Like, I like Deion Lewis, but again, I feel like it's a situation where, like, they just can't trust him. Right. Uh, He's going to be the odd man out. He might make the roster. He might not make the roster. I'd follow where he does go after that, because maybe he can go to a good situation where he can contribute. But out of there, is Gillisley still the back to own? I don't know because uh, I haven't seen him. Right, I haven't either. And that's that's the the really tough part. But um, if he could fall, in, here's the thing: if he could fall into that Legarrette Blunt, you know, situation. I mean, Blunt was a great fantasy play for the last couple of years because he was getting touchdowns. He right. was wasn't scoring a lot of yards, but he was scoring double digit touchdowns, which will always make you a viable option. But again, I mean, if we have to break the tie, you're taking James White because he he breaks the tie. He's trusted with you. I'm not in love with James White. I I'm think. not. I mean, I'm not in love with any of these guys right now, just because their situation's so up in the air. But that's I. That's why I think James White has a little bit of a safety blankie for me, and it makes me feel a little bit warm and cozy with the reports PBR. are that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady trust him, right? And that he's kind of got better a little bit over the years. Um, I know in the Super Bowl is when he had his big game, right? And that was it. But at the same time, I look back at James White before the Super Bowl, and he was just kind of like mediocre. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to use one game in the Super Bowl to sway me. Definitely with the way the, the way they went out and got Rex Burkhead, how they signed Rex Burkhead to a bigger contract than Blunt originally. Something about it, something's telling me, from what I've seen in the preseason, how he's utilized, I'm going to go ahead and lean on Rex Burkhead. And gr- okay. Grant, this is, we haven't seen Gillis League yet. Out of, the, out, of the, um, out of any team, New England and their running backs are a very hard thing to figure out. To begin with, correct. So I mean, I generally just try to stay away from yeah, them. That's even when they have a first, you know, a starter. Right. So um, uh, Marone, you 
Maroney? Who was Lawrence Maroney? Lawrence Maroney. Yeah. I remember he was going to be all sweet. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he was more sour. I remember that because I had him. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, sweet would be sweet. Sour's not sweet great. But if you take the two together and you put on a chewy candy, it's absolutely sweet fabulous. Sweet and sour. Yummy. Mm-hmm. So, chicken, I mean, chicken, out of the ones chicken. that we're going to discuss today, this is still one of the ones that's probably the murkiest and the hardest to pin right. ravel. But we got to pick one. we got to right. break the tie. That's we didn't we break the tie because we just created a more of a tie. Well, at least we narrowed it down to like two. Okay. Right? Okay. We cut it in half. And mm-hmm. then, which Gillisley probably the number one back there. Still, <laughs> I, I feel like at least at this point, going into the season, nobody can be trusted. I agree. Point. Nobody. Because, look, we don't like – we like two different guys, and I'm still kind of leaning like if I want to see what, how he does in there. Gillisley could be the number one guy if he could be a nice goal line back. True statement. So, man. moving on. Yep. Let's move on to the worst team in the NFL, oh. uh, the New York Jets. Even just looking at their offensive ro- roster makes my stomach hurt. They're, they are so just depleted I, of talent. So, I mean, here's the deal. Like, we put them on here, Forte and Bilal Powell. But in actuality, I mean, I guess we could talk about those two guys. I mean, in actuality, you don't want to really own too many Jets players, period. So, no. but, we'll, but we'll get into the, the, the two running backs and, and, and see which one you would like to own. Well, I like to own Bilal Powell over Forte. I know Forte's listed as the start on the depth chart, but that hammy – his age, that's something that comes back up. That's something that lingers. Sure. At this stage, I feel like he's really more of a PPR kind of back coming in, catching the football. And by Lau Powell, I mean, he's no spring chicken either, but I mean, he's at least 28. He's had some injury concerns over the last couple of years. I'm worried about both of them. Uh, it could be one of those situations where Elijah McGuire comes in and he's just, but is a sneaky back out there. That's what I was almost, almost going to say. Like, we might even want to throw him, lump him in with the rest of them. But and, he hasn't done anything he hasn't too done, crazy. Right. I mean, to me so far, even in the preseason, we haven't seen Forte, but Powell's looked the best of the bunch. Sure. And I think he's going to be the workhorse. Their quarterback situation does not allow them to throw the ball. Their receiving situation is not going to allow them to throw the ball. So they're going to have to run on, rely on the run, which also hurts him because they are, are going to be loading up against the run. Right. Yeah. So his best bet will be that he's also going to be in on third downs and that he does come away with those little short screens when Josh McCown or whoever the quarterback is there is running for his life. <laughs> It'll be Josh McCown for about three games. Then he'll get injured, and it's going to be ugh, it's going to be hideous. Yeah, it's going to be Christian Hackenberg or Bryce Petty. Sweet baby butt cheeks. So I'm with you there. Uh, Powell's, if you had to own one, I would, you know, for this year, I would probably lean towards Powell. And then a pretty close behind that, Elijah McGuire. I, I really wouldn't want to have Forte. And I have Forte in, like, our Superflex League, and I just – I mean, he's going to be 32 this year. I mean, he right, just right. just came, just came just came back, came back today to practice after not practicing, which again, that's not overly concerning because he's he's a he's bad. A bad. So he, he doesn't he's doing. he doesn't really need it. But right. the offense is just really really bad. I mean, Forte didn't really come away and do much last year. I mean, he only had 218 rushing yards uh, last year for the Jets, and that was he played in 14 games, so or 813 yards. I'm sorry, he had 213 attempts. Uh, so he had 813 yards last year, which was decent. Right. But again, Powell was a little bit banged up, and his receptions dropped down to the lowest in his career. He only had 30 for 263 yards. And 30 receptions over the year for me, that's not really cutting it. So I think Powell's going to come down a little bit more this year, not only on the rushing yards, but even on some of those receiving yards. Right. And if you can match what – so last year was a little bit better situation than this year, Correct. With, you know, got, like Sarah, Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, 
Could that help Forte, where they're going to have to rely on their running backs to catch more footballs? I don't know. But the fact that he did come away, you know, playing 14 games, only catch 30 footballs, the worst in his career, I, I don't see that just extrapolating over so much. Because even the year before that, he only caught 44 right. balls. I know the year before that was, you know, the amazing year we caught 102 footballs. That was fantastic, but that was with the Bears. Right. Uh, but even, that was with that, Tressman as well, who, yeah, you know, throws the ball to his throws running, backs, the running backs like crazy. But even before he left Chicago, he caught 44 balls in Chicago. Then comes to New York, he's only catching 30 footballs. Right. I think everything's just pointing really bad news. I think if you're going to have to lay the cards down on the table, you've got to go ahead go with Bilal Powell. I'm with you, man. Okay. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's it for the AFC East, right? That is it. Yeah, that was really. Let's move on to the AFC North. Just so happens to be my favorite division. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about my least favorite team in the NFL, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> uh, unsettled situation. Terrence West, and I know we've been talking a while now about, hey, Terrence West, he, he's the back there. Who else is behind there? You know, that turd Buck Allen, right. Horace Allen. Well, it just turns out that 25-year-old Buck Allen's come out so far, and he's played okay he's played okay there's you know reports that he's been the best back like all around basically in camp and stuff like that so um stuff you can't ignore basically um he's catching the football he's running the football well he's always been good at catching the football that was what he was you know out of usc that was really all he could do he couldn't run between the tackles pretty much at all um so, you know, that's something that can be developed slightly. So, yeah. Um, I mean, so far in the year, he has 18 carries for 61 yards. He's caught six balls for 27 yards. And right now, the running game is just not going anywhere for Baltimore. I mean, Terrence West has looked absolutely hideous. Right. Sounds like Jake from State Farm. Well, I mean, I don't. I... <laughs> All right. I, she I've, sounds hideous. I've never. <laughs> I've never really been a huge fan of Terrence West. No, but um, I mean, we thought like you know, at least opportunity here being left as a starter, they're going to run the ball. They like to run the ball, uh, right? No, I, I I definitely thought the opportunity was going to be there. You know, initially it was, hey, he's going to have the first four games because um, what's his name, uh, Kenneth Dixon? Dixon it was coming back. Thank you, but now he's gone uh, for the whole year. Um, with the knee injury so really it was like oh wow he's got the whole year now he's probably worth owning he'll probably be a running back too or something like that but now if buck allen's gonna be cutting into it um i'm not sure who the heck i really want to own there i here okay so i'm still gonna lean towards terrence west i so am i i think you know the the ravens o-line's banged up you know and so far he has looked terrible yes but at the same time ryan mallett's been playing quarterback exactly and he's He's literally the worst quarterback I think I've ever possibly seen. God, football. awful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how he is in the NFL wearing a jersey and putting a helmet and people are actually talking to him and he's actually starting a preseason game. <laughs> I mean, if well, you went through the list of every quarterback on a roster right now, he'd be the la- he'd be the worst. Well, I'd be he's surprised. He's out there. There's yeah. not a move. And he, just, he doesn't even throw the football. I'd be surprised if he was doing it for many more years. You know, like this. this many more pro- years. Let's talk weeks here, people. This is probably it. So. Yeah, the, the whole come down, crashing down. They got to do something. Sign somebody. I, I would say I'm saying this is going to be the last year that Mallet's even a backup quarterback in the league. I'd be surprised if he makes it through the year. Right. They got to do something. He's terrible. If he's the quarterback, again, Terrence West's owners, you, you're going to get no, just go ahead and put him on the bench, lock the door, close it, throw away the key because he ain't going to do nothing. I mean, what did he do last game? He rushed how many times? Six times for two yards? I wonder if I can get two yards and six carries in the NFL. Probably not. 
I mean, it depends on how well the blocking is up front. That's true. That's true. One hit, I'd die, though. If, if, if they pushed the whole defensive line back two yards, you could just run right into the back of your offensive lineman and fall over. I'd be worse than Odell in that locker room. <laughs> he's on his knees crying. <laughs> I'd be looking like a starfish out in the middle field, <laughs> screaming, <laughs> tell my wife I love her. I think every bone's broken. <laughs> Rich, stand up. I can't. Alright. Uh so yeah, I think you think Terrence West is the way to go? I think Terrence West is the way to go. I, I still kinda think, you know, even if Buck Allen quote unquote developed his, you know, between the tackles running, I, I still don't think he's that good. I tell you what though, I am intrigued enough where I went through a lot of my dynasty leagues and everywhere Buck Allen was on the waiver wire, I swooped him up. I mean it's worth it if you have an open spot because you never know it's a very unsettled situation. But I'd rather have Terrence West out of the two of them. Yeah, we'll see. I think Terrence West is gonna be in a short leash. Uh, you still have Woodhead's Woodhead's a back to own, but right, right. early I, down goal right. line back there right. is Terrence West. But remember, they have to get in the red zone to be a opportunistic sure. goal line back. Exactly. Running back. Running, like running. Pronunciation. There you go. Uh moving on to another team, the New England Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where the heck you're going there. I'm like, no, we already did New England. Yeah, no. So right. the Bengals. So when we talk about the Bengals you're like, okay, what's on the side of there? Well, they're wide receiver two to offset A.J. Green. A.J. Green, absolutely. Yep. I'm going to call him Tyler Eifert, but that's just me. But going to the wide receiver position, you have the first-round pick, John Ross. You have Brandon LaFell, and then you have Tyler Boyd. Now, LaFell last year, he had a couple games that were okay, you know, here and there. Yeah, I think LaFell is, you know, a he's a good guy to have on your team as like a third or fourth wide receiver. I don't think he's ever going to be really fantasy relevant no i mean last year at 64 catches for 862 yards and six touchdowns so it wasn't a terrible terrible year but at the same time here's the thing they just resigned to brandon lafell to a two-year nine million dollar contract so he is kind of locked in there um at 30 years old he's gonna be 31 here though come november which is a little bit concerning age-wise but as a receiver it's not end of the world again they just resigned him and they paid him so it's kind of like okay they do like him but at the same time, I think if I had to pick one of these guys, John Ross for me this year, maybe long term, I'm probably going to lean here and take John Ross. Right. Long term, um, I think Ross is definitely the play. Yeah. But this year, a guy that coming out of pit that I liked a lot was Tyler Boyd. And, you know, he's got good size being 6'2, 197. I think another year in this offense with Tyler Boyd, I think he's going to take a little bit of a step forward. Not to the point where, like, he's like the most relevant fantasy player. But where he can kind of come in those Brandon LaFell numbers where he can put up 60-something catches for about 900 yards. Uh, again, he's somebody with, you know, John Ross over there. John Ross has those injury concerns. He's also coming in the NFL. He's going to be somewhat limited just from his skill set alone to get acclimated in the NFL. Uh, they're going to need number two receiver there. A.J. Green getting double covered at times, probably a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I think Tyler Boyd's my pick. Okay, well, I'm going to cross the LaFell off for sure. Uh, um, just because, I, like I said, I, I don't think it'll ever really be fantasy relevant, um, like big time. Okay. So to me, it is down to Bo- um, Boyd or Ross, and um, I haven't seen a ton out of Ross. I didn't see a ton out of Boyd though last year either. I think I think he, Ross he got fifty four balls for what was it six hundred and three yards. So I mean, it wasn't like he was invisible. No, I know he wasn't invisible, but what I like physically saw of him, uh-huh. I didn't. It never like flashed to me. No. Um, so obviously long-term Ross is the play. 
but short term. But short term for this year, I th- I think it's probably. But I guess Floyd. I guess if I you get if you get to argue any of it, you're not starting either of those guys. No, you're probably not. But if if I you know for this year, I think I'd rather have Boyd and than even, Lafell. Yeah, even long term, you're still looking at Tyler Boyd there. I still I think still think Tyler Boyd is in a position where he can solidify himself as a fantasy option uh, going forward. Last year in that team, again, with LaFell putting up those kind of numbers, he still came away with 600 yards as a rookie coming in that team. And so, that's what I could see you getting from Ross this year, like 600 yards. So who gets the extra bump? You know, like I, I think I think you're correct in assuming that LaFell's numbers will probably um, come back down to earth a little bit here. Yeah, and it wasn't like his numbers were inflated last year, Boyd, because Adrian Green went down late. I mean, honestly, after like week 13, the most catches he had in a game – was uh versus Cleveland that was six. Everything else after that was two, two, and two. No, I kind of so, think that Brandon LaFell's numbers, numbers were, were, inf- were inflated from AJ Green's yeah. injuries. So I think that could be somewhat tricky if you're looking at number wise, like, well, you know, LaFell did so much better than uh uh Boyd. Boyd, but after right. he went down, yeah. I mean it was LaFell that came up big because you know, in week thirteen he had ninety five yards, in week fifteen ninety one, and in week sixteen and hundred and thirty yards receiving uh versus Houston. So that's where his numbers took a big step forward. Before that, the most yards he had was 91, and that was in week one. So Tyler Boyd showing that he put those n- numbers you know, consistently throughout the weeks mm-hmm. as a rookie starting off. I think he can get locked in there as a number two receiver, and I think Brandon LaFell will be cut at some point after the 2017 season. True statement. All, All right. right. Moving on to uh, the Cleveland Browns. So the unsettled situation here would be for this year is David Njoku and Seth DeValve. Uh Right now, Njoku has not, you know, in training in, in the training camp OTAs part, he's flashed. He showed some really good catches. But since then, he hasn't really done much. He hasn't done much. He didn't look um, he didn't look terrible when he played this past week. Um, he was running wide open on the seam and, like, literally just missed. Um, Kaiser just missed him, went a little high on a pass. Or he would have been streaking down the field for, like, you know, a 60-yard touchdown or something like that. So, I mean, he's got a ton of upside, but he is super raw, which I think is going to limit him, especially this year, just because he's only going to be able to be put in in certain situations to do certain things. I don't think you can just throw David Njoku out there on the field all three downs and just let him, you know, block on this play, run the route on this play. He's going to be relegated to almost being like a slot player. And I think he's going to be more red zone package right. than anything else. So, that being said, right, I think – Seth DeValve can easily see, if not more, probably equal snaps to Njoku because they're going to get him on the field. But when it comes down to fantasy value, I think Njoku, listen, the Browns need a big play, sure. a big target there in the red zone. Now, how often they get to the red zone is <laughs> going to be limited as well. But they are going to probably optimize that tight end. Remember, even Hugh Jackson in Cincinnati really liked to pepper Tyler Eifert with touchdown passes. Right. Um, Tyler Eifert was his big year when he had the, what, 13, over 13 touchdowns was because that's where Hugh Jackson liked to go in the red zone with his tight end. Another reason why they took Njoku probably to get that effect out there. And they could put him in that red zone package and somehow he can get that touchdowns up and that's where he could become relevant. He's, I think, a tight end to own. Again, neither of these guys are probably starting this year. But it's not like Seth the valve if he can come away being on that first, second down, you said being more of the starter this year. Right. Might come away like 600 yards, someone knows. No, nothing relevant, though. Right. No, I, 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 yeah. I think it'll be limited when it comes to touchdown production. 
I think you're gonna have a, you're gonna be hard pressed to start either one of these guys. So who are you taking? Um, tell you, I'm I'm gonna go touchdown upside and just go and joke here. I would too. Okay, moving on to uh, another situation here with a little bit more relevance. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the AFC South. Let's talk about the Houston Texans right now. Now, who is the number two receiver? You have DeAndre Hopkins. He's a stud. Right. All right. Yeah. You got CJ Fedorowicz at the tight end position. He's not a stud. He's not a stud, but he's the starter. So you need a number two receiver. Right. And you have Braxton Miller there, and you got Will Fuller there. Wait, don't forget about Jalen. And you got Jalen Strong, who is appealing his one-game suspension right. on marijuana charges. Right. So, game one, I'm for sure going Braxton Miller. Game one, I am all in on Braxton Miller, 100%. Jalen Strong is not going to be there. Will Fuller's collarbone will still be broken. Yes. But going throughout the year, mm-hmm. uh, Will Fuller will be back, what, about week four or so? I can't remember uh, the exact timeline on that, but, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I think it was an eight to ten I mean, week. Braxton Miller hurt his ankle. Uh, but somebody's got to step up here and be the number two guy. Sure. None of them really overly excite me. But I'm, I'm sticking with my initial gut feeling. Not gut, just even just from all the tape I watched on Will Fuller, and saying that this guy will still never be—he's uh, out two to three months. Will Fuller, oh, okay. so he is out a while. So you're kind of stuck with her. Yeah, Jalen Strong or Braxton Miller. I'm still going to leave Braxton Miller because of his size and athleticism. I would I would rather roll the dice on him for this season. I think as well. Um, I, I mean, I do think Jalen Strong has a, a chance to be fantasy relevant. I him in Arizona State. Right. Um, so I'm not totally giving up. I know a lot of people have totally jumped off the Jalen Strong bandwagon. And I don't, I'm not one of those people. So I think he's got a shot at it. Um, but if I, I guess if I had to guess, I would say Braxton Miller just because he has uh, way more upside and potential there, even for, even for just for this year. Yeah, I agree. I think we talked about him coming out as you know as a rookie, saying, "Hey, he's somebody once he grows and learns position, right. kind of it's going to take a while, but could be actually fantasy relevant." On the other hand, you got a guy like Will Fuller, who to me would never, ever, ever be fantasy relevant. Not he's, on a consistent basis. I no. think he'll definitely have weeks and moments when he is, but uh, that's not the kind of yeah. I mean, like week one and two, we, he busts out the gate and he's like, "Hey, 107 yards, 104 yards. Look at me." Proving those dynasty nerds that they're nothing but a bunch of nerds sitting right. behind those microphones. I'm out here doing the real deal. Right. And then the rest of the year is like, oh, man, the most yards I can put up in a game is 81. That's by a lot because every other week I'm going to be kind of like a nerd, turd, ferg. That's what he was. That's my kind of rap for you. That, that sounded odd. But, yes, Will Fuller was very inconsistent last yeah, year. Yeah, we don't need to talk about him. We, we ripped the guy too much. If you ever saw us in public, he'd slap us in the face. But if you still, I I would like to see him try. (laughs) (laughs) If you do own Will Fuller shares, those tiny tiny little hands that can't catch anything, (laughs) smelling like cabbage. Uh, And he does come back. Remember, we told you to draft him in the first place. Right. We didn't even like drafting him in the second round. Even we told you not to draft him. Pretty much, Uh, try and get out from under him if you can. Right. If people still are thinking he's gonna be relevant, he's still a name. He still is a name. Push that thing. Hey, he was drafted in the first round. Moving on to the Colts. Yes. Now, here's a situation that's going to be a little bit funny to talk about. Because um, you, you would think in a guy, you know, like Frank Gore, I saw a stat the other day that said Frank Gore is the only running back to play every single uh, game. We went back for two years, play every single game. Frank Gore is like the only running back to do that. Going back how many years? Two years. Oh, only two years? Yeah, just going back two years. Oh, wow. 
That's surprising, but I mean, he's been really durable after he got, you know, over his injury issues early on in his career. Yeah, but that being said, all right, Frank Gore is a starter. Right. Let's see how this this operates. Definitely would be an Andrew Luck out because who knows when this guy's coming back. But Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack in the preseason so far, this is the guy we talked about before. Like he could surprise us some, you know, possibly somewhere. Uh, he's looked really good. Yeah. I mean, he's looked explosive. He's putting out there catching the football. Putting together moves the in the open field. Yeah. Yeah, he's being shifty. Sure. I, I mean, this guy could quite possibly be the future starter there in Indianapolis. True statement. I mean, a lot of people are have been putting it out there that Turbin is, you know, is a better prospect, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I think. More like Turbin. Right. I think, I think Robert Turbin has had plenty of time to show that he's not anything special personally where whereas in Marlon Mack um still has plenty of time to really blossom as a as a runner and uh show us that he can do it and I, and I think you know early signs are looking pretty decent yeah I mean Frank Gore he's good he's consistent gets you about 900,000 yards 900,000 yards 900,000 yards this year <laughs> but at the same time he's gonna be 34 uh they're gonna need an explosive playmaking back in that on that roster as well. Right. And right now, from what I'm seeing, I think Marlon Back could be, I mean, I know we're doing a sleeper episode next year, but this guy could be something that holds value. I know Frank Gore doesn't get hurt. If he did, look out. But at the same time, they're going to need to have two backs there. If you have Frank Gore, you need two backs. And if this guy keeps showing what he's showing, they're going to utilize him. They're going to get him on the field. And once Andrew Luck comes back, he might hold fantasy relevance. Right. Coming down the stretch here, Late in the year. Uh, so for me, I think the easy pick is Frank Gore. Like, oh, break the tie. Give me Frank Gore. He's starting. But if I'm going to go for the gusto, I think, obviously, for long term, you're looking at Marlon Mack. That's an right. easy situation when we're talking dynasty fantasy football. But I think Marlon Mack is going to have some relevance this year. I think there might be a situation here and there. If you're desperate enough where you can insert Marlon Mack into your lineup and he's going to get you some fantasy points, definitely be a start coming away receiving the football. I see what you're saying. And, yes, I think he'll have a little bit of value this year. But for me, um, I'm staying with the tried and true Frank Gore here for this season. Yeah. And and, and that's, you know, that's, that is the easy pick, but I think it's the right one. And and you're right. If we if we had to pick one guy for like, hey, pick the guy for this year. If we're talking this year only, and you got to break the tie, you're right. Frank Gore is the correct answer. I'm being loony over here. You are being you a know, little bit loony. You're, I'm, uh, I'm you, a little excited. You put this microphone up on my face. Sometimes I get a little too excited. Right. That's why you're here to bring me back down to reality. <laughs> I think I feel like that's my lot in life. <laughs> and you know what? You're right. Frank Gore is to pick. You're right. But, man, I am excited about Marlon Mack to the point where it's like, I like to put some trade offers to try and get this guy on my roster. Like, what do I have to give up to get Marlon Mack? Where did you draft him? Second round of your rookie draft? Okay. Would it be crazy to give up, like, a late first next year for Marlon Mack? Would you be willing to gamble that? Gamble that? Um, Just off of two preseason games from what you saw. Not only that, but the college tape that you watched too. Remember, right. when we talked about later right. running backs that we watched. We we said was some of our favorite, one of our favorite guys that we saw – Later in the draft, just when we were talking like way back, just watching college tape, right? A long Marlon time Max, long, name long came time up. ago. Uh, it did far, far away. Do you think he's worth a late first round pick? Because that would get the deal done. 
I'm sure that would get the deal done. I'm not 100% sure I'd be willing to, I hope to you part with on, it. I hope you jump on all those people that are trading like Kenny Galladay for like future first and stuff. I hope you kind of got on that. Still not saying Galladay is going to be bad. But I saw somebody tweet at me. They're like, hey, I took your advice. I gave up Kenny Galladay in a future first and got Sammy Watkins. I'm like, virtual high five. Yeah, that's amazing. That was amazing. So we, pull, we both picked Gore here. Uh, again, I'm not going to say I'm giving him a first either for Marlon Mack, but I'm starting. Like, that might not get it done four months from now. Right. No, you're right. And it, it is a it's tough a big dis- gamble. It is a big gamble. Just, um, but somebody's got to be. I mean, you know that Frank Gore's on his last legs here, like yeah. literally. And I don't bring, like. So I mean, it's not a bad. It wouldn't be a bad time to get it, and it wouldn't be a. It it might make you look really good next year. We'll we'll put it that way. Yeah, and so I'm saying now's. I don't I don't throw that there often about guys like hey I should go out there and try and trade and possibly have a future first for, but this is a guy from what I've seen in a situation with a young offense. I think I've seen enough already. Where again, they didn't take him like late. They took him in the fourth round, right? So that's still a pretty solid selection. For, for yeah, for, oh, for nowadays, yeah. So, Especially. where at the very least, I think he's going to get an opportunity next year to be the starting running back, and then all of a sudden, that first round pick that you give up that's late again. I'm talking about late, like you're a contender. Maybe you have two really good running backs, but then your depth behind there is a little bit iffy. Right. Uh, you know, you can get through this year. Maybe you have a guy that's a little bit older. Uh, or an uncertain situation where that first might turn out. I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. I consider, I'd consider it depending on my roster structure. Sure, sure. Um, moving on. Let's move on to another team. Yep. Who's next? The Jaguars. The Jaguars. Ooh, speaking of bad situations, how about their quarterback? <sighs> bad situation, which hurts Allen Robinson. Well, I mean, who knows? It might be Chad Henne here, man. It might be, but you know, who's the number two receiver there? There you go. You got Marquise Lee. His ankle says he's going to be back and ready for week one. That's a great sign for Lee. But, you know, uh, last year he had 851 yards. Not a not a game buster, but looked good definitely towards the end of the year. And then you got our boy, well, at least my, Mike's boy, my boy, Alan Hearns. <laughs> Alan Hearns is much more your boy than my boy. I, I It's not that I hate the guy. Um, he just he – just, uh, he is just a guy. He's a jag to me. Okay. As, as you know, like a he's a wide receiver three, but you can get him. I think you can get a guy like Alan Hearns anywhere, any year, anywhere. Kind well, of. Who would you take here? Who would you rather have? I mean, again, I still go back to that year in 2015 when he had a 64 catches for 1,031 yards to show that he was capable of being, and that was with Al Robinson busting out. Sure, Al Robinson sure. having a stud year. So I think if they can get capable quarterback play and Allen Robinson can be that shine over there, I think Allen Hearns could still do that and still, you know, he's six foot three, he's 201, he's got really good speed, sure he can catch the ball well. I know Marquise Lee has a little bit iffy for the hands. I'm not out on Allen Hearns yet. If no, they, I'm not I feel either. like if they get competent quarterback play, I think Allen Hearns could be a really good number two on that team, which would then make him a good number three on your fantasy roster. Give me some Allen Hearns. Give it to me. No, I'm with you. I, I, I would – choose alan hearns if i had to pick one of these two turds but <laughs> but yeah here's the deal i mean their quarterback situation stinks they're a team that's gonna want to try to run the ball um just because their quarterback plays that bad i mean they even have if no choice yeah they have no choice even if chad henny wins i mean i think i think the situation gets slightly better but he's still proven to be 
not much better than a backup quarterback in this league. So that's that's who you're going to have throwing to these guys. I mean, do you want the wide receiver two on a team that has basically a backup quarterback starting all year? Nope, but long-term, I do want Alan Hearns. Right. So this year, yeah, both are likely not going to be viable options, but still long-term. I'm still on Alan Hearns straight. I know uh, a lot of people are going to be on the Marquise Lee side, but I'm going to take the Alan Hearns side. Sure. I'm giving it another year. I mean, I'd, uh, ra- I'd rather have this explosive no, uh, rookie. What's his name? D.D. Uh, Westbrook? No. God, it was some. It was somebody. He dropped it. He dropped a... He dropped a touchdown pass right after the a really nice punt return. Chad Henney laid it right in there. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. Shouldn't even have brought it up, I don't think. Who? Is it Cole? Yeah. Uh, Keelan Cole. Just looked explosive. Oh, okay. Rather have him than Marquise Lee. You just bummed me out. I was like, waiting for some exciting knowledge to come over here. But no, no, no exciting knowledge. Uh, <laughs> moving over to AFC West. <laughs> Let's close out the AFC here real quick. Um, we have, I oh know we have two more teams in the AFC West over here. Uh, first being, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. You have Kareem Hunt and you have Spencer Ware. Right on. I saw Kareem Hunt just playing the most recent, uh, first quarter. Yeah. Uh, trying to want to give him a start, see how he looked. I just scored 60 yards. Looked great. Kind of caught the ball, ran the ball really well. Uh, Spencer Ware, who's a solid running back, but probably a better number two running back overall. Something that we've liked for a couple sure. years now. Sure. But every year he just slows down to the end of the year, kind of gets banged up, and becomes kind of irrelevant when you need him the most, and that's the fantasy playoffs. Hunt, who's a former, who's a first round pick in a lot of dynasty rookie drafts, had, he's looked everything that we thought he would look. Uh, he looks he looks good catching the ball. He looks good running between the tackles. He's he's got he runs with good balance, vision. I mean, I I like Kareem Hunt. Everything we talked about Kareem Hunt, right? Is come look is how he looked in the first quarter of that game. And I I don't think it's going to take. I don't think it has taken Andy Reid uh, very long to see that Cream Hunt is probably a better all around back than Spencer. And this goes back to the tape for me. This goes yeah, back to the situation. Me I mean, Cream Hunt recently, if you had your rookie draft in the last couple of months, was a first rounder in every draft. Right. But if you go back a couple of months before that, Cream Hunt was going the second round of everybody's mock drafts. But we are telling you. I, I think I made a bold prediction. I was like, I guarantee in a couple of months from now, Kareem Hunt will go in everybody's first round. Sure. And sure enough, there he was. and Because the tape was there. Like you said, everything, his balance, his power, his balance is unreal. Yep. Uh, the way he can catch the football. He's a solid, could be a true three-down running back. That show in the first quarter, I think it's just a matter of time this year that Kareem Hunt is the starting running back there in Kansas City. I think I think he checks all the boxes for what Andy Reid's looking for in a running back as well. Whereas I, I don't think Spencer Ware does. No. I don't think Spencer Ware catches the ball well enough naturally out of the backfield and can do like some stuff in space um, that Andy Reid likes to see out of his running backs. I think we're going to be reading a lot of stats next year saying, oh, if you take out this and you take away Spencer Ware from here, if you take week six on with Cream Hunt, he would have finished as running back six or seven. Like right. Stats like that sure. going into the next year. So for this year, long term, all in on Cream Hunt. To the point where people were asking me where with our rookie ring, it's like, who who do I take, Alvin Kamara, or do I take Kareem Hunt? I think I'm ready just after that game uh, for the more of a three-down kind of running back, even though I like Kamara a lot, that I'd give Hunt the slight edge over Kamara. Okay. Personally. I, I don't have a problem with that. Love them both, but to me it's like right. 1A, 1B. Right. Today, on this Tuesday, your birthday, <laughs> I'm taking Kareem Hunt. Cool. 
I'm All right. It. So before we get over to the NFC, let's talk about our friends Maisie. That's right. M-A-Z-E-Y. Now, I actually just talked to somebody on the phone uh, about some st- stuff, and it, we talked. Maisie came up, and mm-hmm. he, he told me, he's like, dude, listen, thank God that you mentioned Maisie on your podcast because I never heard of him until then. And I'm not going to say this sarcastic. I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but it literally saved my two leagues right. this year. Both my leagues were kind of like falling apart. You know, hard time talking to people. We entered Maisie in the league, and it's like completely rejuvenated. So let's talk about what Maisie does real quick. So Maisie is an app that you can download for free on your app. And what it is, it's basically a text messaging app. Yeah, It's a group message app. So we say it every week. Like, you don't know half the people in your league. You don't know anybody in your league personally. You don't want to give them your personal phone number. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to. All right? Then they can call you. They can send you nudes you know they could call you in the morning they call you at night this it's irrelevant you, know, you right. don't want that they can give it to some telemarketer which is even worse what Maisie does is allows you to stay in contact with everybody in your league and anytime you want to contact them you just go in there like a little text message you hit send boom goes to the whole entire group yep hey you want to contact matt directly on the trade you want nobody else to know about this hit direct messages hit matt's name Boom! Direct message. Direct message. And if you're no, if you're getting overwhelmed, like your whole group is going berserk one day, you don't want to hear any messages. You go in there, you hit the little bell, and it crosses off the bell. You get no alerts for it. No alerts. You're out. Of, you're out of that group message for that day. And whenever you want to go back into your group message, you know, you pop back in. You hit. You know, you you hit the thing again, and you get alerts again, and you can see everything that happened while you're gone too. It so it's not like you were totally excluded, but. You just weren't getting bothered. If you do need a little time, you know, say you have to get some work done or something, you don't want all the alerts popping up on your phone. You just boop, turn it off. It's 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 really is an amazing app. It really is. I mean, yeah. we use it every single day. Every day, I'm amazing with looking at my league's conversations. I'm getting direct messages. We're right. talking about league rules. We're talking about trades. We're just asking people questions about other leagues. We're on there doing it. Going, hey, I just got this offer my other league. What do you guys think? And now you have eleven guys giving you the, your opinion sure. on a trade offer. So, again, it's an app. You can use it for way more things than fantasy football, but we're pimping it, obviously, for fantasy football, whether it be your redraft league uh, and you guys just want to talk about for the league. It's so much quicker than a message board. It's so much quicker than an email. Right. I mean, and, a message board, you got to wait for everyone to log on, and hopefully they look at the message board. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, and then, you know, so you're only – I'm a victim of that sometimes. Sure. Right? I skim through, like I'm looking through the league real quick, and I don't go to the message board. Right, absolutely. Where this it gives you that, you know, that notification that says, hey, somebody said something in here. Ooh, I wonder. Every time I go in there, I go, ooh, what league is it? Is right. it a Dynasty League? Is it a Superflex League? Sure. Is it a $500 League? What league is, is talking about it? Ooh, is it a direct message about a trade? And again, I think the best thing is, like, the direct, hey, put out there, so-and-so's available. Direct message me if you want to get to them. Sure. So I really encourage you guys directly. I know we've been talking about it for a couple months now, but if you're still one of those fellas out there or madams that have not given Maisie a try, I highly recommend it. All I ask you to do is at least try it out. If it's not for you. If it doesn't work for your league, it doesn't it. work for you. Yep. It's free. Yep, exactly. If I can say one thing, you won't be deleting it. Yep. That's a rich Dotson guarantee. Oh, man. So Maisie, M-A-Z-E-Y, download it today for your phone. It's fantastic. Uh, moving on to the NFC now, shall we? Let's do it. NFC East, the New York Giants. Now, we spent a lot of time pimping Paul Perkins. Sure. So far in two preseason games, Paul Perkins, mine will add another P to that name, <laughs> Paul Poopy Perkins. <laughs> That's an alliteration. 
has not done much. Uh, no, he has not. They have man. Jason Pierre-Paul, Paul Perpy, Perkins. <laughs> Um, JPP and PPP. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of P going on there in New York, uh, which is not surprising. But at the same time, I'm not. I'm still not off of the bandwagon of Paul Perkins. He's st- guess what? He's still the starter. He's still the starter. He's going to be the starter there. Their offensive line is, let's just say, rough. Mm, very rough, which is another, was which is also concerning. Right. Well, I mean, I think it contributes to um, obviously his piss poor numbers i think he had a long run of 16 but he ended up with a stat line of six rushes for 10 yards so there there you go i mean you can see how the rest of those rushes went um a lot of getting stuffed at the line and getting pushed backwards basically and guys meeting you in the back uh backfield when your line is terrible and you have nowhere to run um, it does make it quite hard. Yeah, because that's that's one of the situations where you give a ten yard run, and then all of you sudden, sudden you get stuffed for six yards. Boom! I just had a point. Now I have zero points. Right. What happened to my point, man? I just lost by one point in this league. Paul Poopy, this is all your fault. But listen, I'm not giving up on Paul Perkins. But at the same time, you have Shane Vereen, who's starting to get a lot more active there in New York, come up that triceps injury, and he's a pass catching running back. Mm-hmm. They're going to utilize this guy. One, it doesn't seem like they're going to have Paul Perkins in, in there every three downs. Even though the coach came out there and said earlier, like a month ago, I think this guy's a three-down back, which I thought he was a three-down back capability. But so far, things look grim. And early on, they're going to least least use Shane Vereen. So if you sure. had to pick one for this year, who are you taking, Paul Perkins or Shane Vereen? I, I, it's Vereen's injury history is what bothers me the most about him. Cause I know obviously he, I think he has the skills to be a decent PPR back, but it just seems like he can never make it through whether it's like a, a you know, a broken wrist, all these triceps injuries. I mean, when was the last time he actually played a full season? 2015 and 14 for, uh, both those two years he played uh, full seasons. So, I mean, but that was two years ago. I mean, you know, I mean, that was. No, I agree. But that, I mean, that was it. Then, you know, in 13, he played eight games. 12, he played 13. In 2011, he played five. But, you know, at the same time, coming out of the, those systems with the Giants in 15, when he played all 16 games, he had 59 catches for 495 yards. Uh, and 2014, he played all 16 games for the Patriots at 52 catches for 447 yards. Both those sound pretty consistent for me. Uh in a PPR league, catching 60 footballs as a running back makes you a viable option on a bye week, things on those, this line. I think Vereen's only value is going to come if Paul Perkins completely flames out. I, I agree with that. So and I don't think he's going to completely flame out, personally. Neither do I. I think he might be subpar, but I still think he'll be the starter running back for the year. So I'm still going to shoot for the moon on this one and hope that when you actually get the full team on there, and all the all, everybody's playing. Odell Beckham has two knees, and they have to respect the game. Evan Ingram gets a little bit better. Brandon Marshall gets a little bit more comfortable that offense. They can't play the run just as good. I'm still going to roll with Paul Perkins. I'm with you there, man. I'm, I'm going Perkins as well. And hopefully we go from Paul Poo Poo Perkins to Paul Party Perkins. Paul Party Perkins. Get the party going, Paul. So you did kind of gloss over my man, uh, who, Wayne Gallman? Evan Ingram. Orleans Darkwa? Evan, Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram. Yeah. Oh, he's he's going to be the re- best rookie tight end in this he looked He looked pretty decent in that game. And they, they were moving him all around. He caught a pass, you know, coming out of the H-back, out yep. of the backfield, out of the slot, out of, you know, out of the tight end. So, 
when it comes to rookie tight ends this year who's at relevance, he's going to be the only one. I, I, I think you're probably right. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah, he looked, he looked decent. You I just, hit the nail on the head. Keep bragging. I'm not bragging. I was just... No, you're bragging. He just looked good. It was the first time I got to see him in action. Listen, I've never come on this Browns. podcast and bragged about a damn thing. <laughs> All right? <laughs> so a, I don't know where you're going to come off a, and start doing That is a damn lie, sir. Well, I just do it every week. I know. I try to pat myself on the back. I know. Here and there. Need a, long, right. need a longer arm. Well, oh. You're right so damn much. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles, shall we? Let's now, they it. have a running back situation going on over there, too. And there's some names to mention over there. You got LeGarrette Blunt, who's a plotter, right. who's touchdown dependent. You got Darren Sproles. Guy's been around uh, football forever, catching balls like a porn star, right? He's out there. Then you got Donald Pumphrey, all-time leading college rusher guy over there. He gets the football He's pretty the new well. blood, yep. And then don't forget, they also have Wendell Smallwood. I saw a blur about there saying, hey, could Wendell Smallwood be the starting running back out there? I don't think so. Here's the deal. Wendell Smallwood, I mean, the the, the comments about this guy are so, like, bipolar. It's ridiculous. One guy says he's not going to make the team. The next week, he's going to be the feature back. Like, yeah, until, the ball, yeah, offensive coordinator Frank Wright saying he's a three-down back. Right. <laughs> it, it, this is It's just ridiculous. So it... Until he gets out, I mean, I think he's finally healthy. So until he gets out in the field and I see him in action, I'm going to have a hard time kind of wrangling this one. But, I mean, to me, he seems almost destined for the third or fourth back in this situation for the at least the early going. Yeah. Unless and, unless there's something going on behind the scenes where he just looks amazing in the you know the limited practices that he's had. Because I, I heard that Blunt was going to make the roster, which I thought he was not going to make the roster. I mean, this does not look very option. I Listen, I think it's pretty cut and dry here. The guy you really want to own this year going into this is going to be Darren Sproles. I think you're right. Because I, I, think, I think there's a lot of uncertainty. I don't think you can count on the same kind of usage that Blunt got in New England, which made him valuable in Philadelphia this year. So I, I'm I'm out on Blunt, you know, like when he left that that prime situation he was in, I yeah. I went no he, thank you. All those touchdowns dissipated, and right? He was gone. And and Sproles is he's locked into a guaranteed PPR um, role. So I mean, obviously we're we're speaking PPR. I think also Sproles. I'm with I'm with you on that one. Yeah, long term, I'm still looking at uh, Donnell Pumphrey as your PPR guy. But Wendell Smallwood does have the size. He does have the capability of cotton and cutting in there and being sneaky. If they cut LeGarrette Blunt, Wendell Smallwood could be the guy that you own there. Sure. Uh, but sure. in the meantime, it's Darren Sproul. So pay attention to that situation because if they do, Wendell Smallwood might be something you can pick up off your waiver wire. Yeah. I mean, even if he's there now, he might be just worth picking up just to kind of sit on that and see how this. He's this a roll. He's out. a roll of the dice right now. Um, he's definitely worth picking up. He shouldn't be on your waiver wire. Um, no. So, yeah, well, I guess we'll leave it at that. Let's move on to... All right, uh, to the Washington Redskins. Rob Kelly or Samaj P. Ryan? So, mm. good question. Mm. I mean, I think last week we would have both easily just said Rob Kelly. Um, and then P. Ryan came out and had a pretty decent game this yeah, past weekend. Yeah, pretty solid there. Um, so, it looks like he is progressing a bit, whereas Rob Kelly did not have a very good game. Um, I'll say this, though. P. Ryan did not come in the first half. No, he did not. It was Rob Kelly. So, right. P. Ryan got a lot of play in the second half versus a lot of guys that weren't going to be playing in the NFL. I agree. Um, which also states to me, if he doesn't get in the second half as a running back, that I think they're pretty locked in right now is Rob Kelly as their starting running back. And he's going to enter the season that way this year. Uh, P. Ryan did catch a football, which I was like, okay, good for you. Good for you, Samaje. 
Well, I don't uh, think he's incapable of catching. I just think he just that's not, not like, strong suit. It's not his strong suit. Yeah. Again, it's gonna be Chris Thompson's role as that right. third down running back, anyways, uh, which limits both Rob Kelly and Samaj P. Ryan. Both honestly, to me, you know, we're saying when you when you say both those guys' name, it might come down to Chris Thompson being the viable back. You might be uh, want to own out there in a PPR league because he might be the one that's gonna come in and catch enough footballs to really make himself valuable. Right. I mean, he came away uh, as the leading receiver there in that last game, five catches, 52 yards. Yeah, so that's a double-digit point game right there. And that right. Makes, that could turn into something that is going to be consistent. A I mean, trend. Jay Gruden yeah. came out and said he's the – I think Chris Thompson's the best third down back in the league. Right. That's from not from the offensive coordinators, from the head coach. Right. right? The guy calling the plays, too. Yes. So – I think that preseason game is anything to show us what's going in the future there of catching them about, you know, four, five balls. Get that bumped up a little bit more, maybe six balls a game. Coming away with anywhere from 30 to 50 to 60 yards and somebody score a touchdown. You're talking anywhere from on a weekly basis getting you nine to 16 points a game. Right. That is running back two almost. Like low end running back two numbers there. I think if you give me out of options of all three of those guys, you say, Rich, pick one guy. You have to start on your roster. Listen, for I know this, you're, you're decimated at running right. back. Who are you taking? With the worry of P. Ryan and Rob Kelly, maybe at some point flip-flopping throughout the year as it is, just go ahead and give me the guy who's locked in, who's safe, who's young, who's only 26, so really about to start entering his prime here. Give me Chris Thompson. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, obviously, this is that that is speak of just PPR situations because, you know, Rob Kelly will be a – halfway decent option i think in a, in a standard league especially yeah. to start the year too bad we do everything we do is uh right so with, with the ppr I, i'm gonna say um yeah chris thompson man he's a he's a he's the safest he's the most reliable pick for sure okay let's move on to nfc south because nfc north is a pretty stable situation there it is we couldn't find much of anything that was out of whack in the afc nfc north i mean when you move over to the falcons you look at it like okay you got julio jones there but who's going to be the number two there? You know, we both like Austin Hooper. Taylor Gabriel had a nice breakout year last year. A lot of big play there uh, for big playability. But they still have Muhammad Sanu there, who they did pay. On uh, a death chart, he is the number two receiver. Right. Well, I mean, I think that's more of a, hey, Taylor Gabriel is a slot wide receiver. He has that kind of body. He's only five foot eight, 165 pounds. He really can't play on the outside. So I think Sanu gets plugged into the number two kind of as default. Yeah, um, but me personally, um, I, I really like his explosive uh, Taylor Gabriel's explosiveness. Yeah, and playmaking ability. I agree. I think he's going to be more of the piece that will be utilized in that passing game, where I think Sanu just gets offset by what for what he does, just by Julio Jones. Right, I agree. Uh, I know he's got good size. His speed's not all that great. So to me, I think this one comes out in another easy situation. I'm going to take the guy who's more of a big play threat than the guy that's going to catch, you know, three, four balls for only 40, 40 yards. Yeah, that's what I saw that, like right around 40 yards a game. Yeah. And definitely with the more emphasis on trying to get Julio more red zone threats, I think it makes Sanu almost just on even I mean I don't even want to own him. I Sanu is are he's exactly the kind of guys I don't like to own. No, they have a, they, they have a, they have a name and people recognize it so they you know people think it's worth owning the guy but really he's not going to help you win anything. Exactly. Anything. Like he's literally one of those guys you just want to cut off your roster. He's just middle of the road. He doesn't have huge upside. 
He's never going to win you a game all on his own, like, ever. Like, so it just... It, it's like him and Taylor Gabriel are complete opposites in the sense of where, like, Taylor Gabriel is not somebody you want to start. But if you had to throw him in there, you could feel good about, okay, he can come away. He can give me a double-digit point game, sure. most likely. On more than one week where Sanu's probably maybe get one, maybe two at the most weeks where he's coming away with, like, he literally has to catch a touchdown to make himself relevant. Yeah, I, I agree. And guys like that are just not worth having on your roster. Almost like those touchdown-dependent running backs. Like, now that's different because you just need running back depth to have a guy to plug and play. But for but receiver, it's not, that, it's not the case. Right, that's not the you case. There's so many of them. Yeah. And people uh, get caught up on that. They, people get caught up on a name like right. Muhammad Sanu. Like, oh, he signed his contract. He's in Atlanta. I can't cut Muhammad Sanu. The hell you can't? Right. Cut that turd. Get Taylor Gabriel in there. Yep. Moving on to the Saints. Now, the Saints have three running backs. What the? They have Adrian Peterson, Hall of Famer, Mark Ingram, former Heisman winner, and the you just hear that news about the Jets tried to tr- they won the trade up for Alvin Kamara? No, I didn't. Yeah, it came out today. Report. Jets really wanted Alvin Kamara. They tried to trade up for him too. They wanted their future second, but they realized a future second is gonna be the thirty third pick in the draft. And they're like, hey, we can't <laughs> Not do that. So fast. So this year though, so obviously the future there, you're taking Alvin Kamara. Yep. He's looked pretty damn good yeah. in the preseason. He definitely even has. running the ball yep. between the tackles, which he did it some in Tennessee, but we thought he was going to come away as strictly the PPR guy. But I don't think that's going to be the case. And the Saints did trade up a future second for Alvin Kamara, so he is in the plans. I agree. That being said, you tell me I take one back for this year, I'm still rolling my dice for Mark Ingram. I'm so am I. Uh, he's still a good running back. He can still catch the football. Now, I think what's going to hurt Mark Ingram is last year he caught 46 balls. The year before that, he caught 50 balls. You know, Peter Thomas left town, and Mark Ingram kind of took his place. Sure. I think Alvin Kamara's going to come in and totally steal that thunder. I think it's going to hurt him. But at the same time, Mark Ingram did rush for over 1,000 yards last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I, just, I feel this way, but I think Adrian Peterson is just not going to be relevant whatsoever. I don't know. I don't understand the fit with Adrian Peterson personally. I, so Sean Payton must have something planned for him. I'm not sure what the heck it is, but it seems like it seems like in the past Sean Payton has. I guess I. I it seems like he's screwed around with his running backs a little bit. So this this feels like one of those situations where he may have been like, "Hey, Adrian, yeah, we're going to get you this, this, and this," but once he actually gets into the game, he's, Ten carries the game. he's never gonna it, he's never gonna meet any of the expectations that he probably told AP that he was gonna get him. I mean what do you what do you see as carries the game? Like I see I see Mark Ingram about twenty carries a game. Right. And then I see Alvin Kamara coming in on those downs as well and be that pass catching down who I think so I think actually think Alvin Kamara would be fantasy relevant this year. I mean I think AP is gonna be stuck in the middle. He's a guy that's he's a first and down, second down back. And, like, how many situations in New Orleans are, like, obvious running situations? Not many. Like, that's not how that's not how Sean Payton runs his team. Like, he tr- he likes to pass to his backs, and he likes to do all that kind of stuff. He doesn't like to just line up in an eye formation and pound a guy, you know? Yeah, and P- Peterson it's, can come out and say he wants to catch more balls, but listen, Mark Ingram would do it better than you. Right. Alvin, Alvin Kamara would do it better than right. you. So they're not even going to use you in that situation. That takes So that takes away some of your value as it is. And then if you got to sprinkle in some rushing yards, yeah, I'm just worried. Listen, Adrian Peterson is a freak. So if he came right. out here and all of a sudden, like, hey, we got to start Adrian Peterson over Mark Ingram, but all of a sudden he still has it, it would not shock me. But I'm not betting a single dollar on that. Like, I would take Mark Ingram 
and Alvin Kamara before you, I took an AP share for this year. I'm sure that's how these, the ADP rolls out too. Yeah, like he's not even yeah. worth like in a redraft league. Like I'm not. I mean, late round at best, I'm taking Adrian Peterson as like a flyer. Yeah, because like, no Mark, one knows if Mark Ingram gets hurt. Yeah, that's that's great. Sure. But in the meantime, which is not out of Mark Ingram's stratosphere of getting hurt. Right. No, he gets nicked up almost every year. But I, yeah, I still think you're rolling with Mark Ingram. I'm with you, man. It does it does make you a little bit worried as Mark Ingram owned. They do have AP there, and thinking that those passes are going to be kind of come down a little bit because Alvin Kamara does look pretty good already in the preseason. Mm-hmm. The fact they traded up for him so they are going to utilize him. The fact that Sean Payton loves to use that kind of running back in games. Uh, again, I mean, makes me almost think because of the offset of Adrian Peterson, Kamara could be the one to own there, but I'm still going to lean by a hair. There's a part of me that wants to say, you know what, I'm just going to play it safe. I'm going to take Kamara and use this as my third, you know, my PPR running back. But I think Mark Ingram coming back to earth is still the guy to own there. I'm, for this I'm, w- year. I'm with you. Yep. Love this Alvin year. Kamara. I like what I've seen so far in the preseason two weeks in uh, is the fact that Kamara could be more than just that third down running back. They can come in there and be that Devontae Freeman. I was I was a bit surprised as well. Um, I thought it might take a little bit of time, but he looks like – I mean, when you I, – I already saw more in college than I ever saw like a guy like Buck Allen who was just a PBR guy, like yeah. just a receiving back. So I mean, he didn't have like that much. He didn't have that far to go as you know as Buck Allen did. But I thought he, I thought he needed a little bit of maybe seasoning at the running back, you know, running between the tackles type of position. Um, but yeah, he seems to be transitioning pretty well. And uh, that was a take on a lot of scouts' boards on him that he was going to come in here right away and be a pretty good running back. Had the tools to be a pretty solid running back. And I think we can't ever forget. It's again, I said it three times that the Saints moved up. To get this guy and gave up a pretty hefty price to right. make sure they got him, giving up a future second round pick and spending a third round pick on somebody—that's a commitment. Yeah, in the, in the running back market of today, it's a for huge sure. commitment. That is a so, that is a pretty big commitment. There's not many running backs that are out there now that would hey, uh, we'll give you a second and third round pick to an NFL team and team NFL teams are like nah, we'll pass. Yeah, we'll get a guy. So right. Kamara. Fantastic. Him and Hunt, man, two guys that you got in the middle of your rookie draft this year. Shows how strong it is. Uh, they're going to make you really happy. We were talking before about the tight ends, how, you know, after Mike Williams, where, you know, I think you easily take Kamara and Hunt ahead of Williams today. So sure. Your, your question about that. Right. Uh, but I think they're both locked in ahead of all those tight ends, Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara, uh-huh. ahead of O.J. Howard. Sure. I like Evan Ingram a ton, too. And in Joku, I would take both those guys right now. You're looking at number six and number seven on my rookie board. If we if we held it all of a sudden today, we waited all the way to our rookie draft today. Right. That's how my board would change. I would probably I would bump Dalvin Cook back ahead of Leonard Fournette easily because he's looked everything we thought he would be. Yes, he was sir. our number one rookie overall at one point. He was uh, mine at the end and still is. So and I, I wouldn't move Fournette too far down because of the just that foot yet. He'd still be my number three. And then Joe Mixon and Christian McCaffrey still. Just go talk about rookies. Sure, that's all I'm doing. Uh huh. You know, it's only we're only an hour ten minutes in. No big deal. No big deal. Um, let's move on. Sure. To the where are we at now? Seattle Seahawks. Oh no 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 no. We're on the Saints. Yep. No, uh, we just. Uh, oh, we did the Saints. We just did Moving the Saints. On to the Seattle Seahawks. You have Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacy, and CJ Procise. Sticky situation. Yeah. So Eddie Lacy, so far, is not even look good. Not really. No. Uh. Could he be possibly even be cut, you think? 
I mean, I think it all depends on on the play of a young Chris Carson and yeah, some of these other pretty guys. Good, right? Right. Um, but if he doesn't show out here in this in this third preseason game, it's it's not like it would be beyond. The, I don't know the money situation. I guess to know if they could just get out from underneath him. But I mean, there are going to be some surprise cuts. Oh, there always are. There always are. But I mean, this year is, I think, a little unique because there's usually a chap down from, you know, the 90, whatever, down to the 75, and then the 75 down to the 53. Well, they got rid of that this year. There's only one cut down. So they're carrying all 90 something guys till the, till the last cut. And they're just chopping everybody all at once. So, I mean, it's going to be hectic. And then there's going to be a second wave of of cuts when, when, you know, teams go back and and pick up other teams' free agents and then make a second round of cuts of people. So there's there's going to be a lot of action in this thing. And and there are going to be some surprising moves. And I wouldn't be surprised um, personally if if Eddie Lacy was one of them. But yeah. Here's the way I look at it. Thomas Rawls has been running around ahead of Eddie Lacy nonstop, right? Right. Um, so if Thomas Rawls is a starter, they might just feel like they just have to get out from Eddie Lacy possibly. If they, if they can, I don't know the contract details either, and go with the CJ Pro size Thomas Rawls. The fact that Chris Carson's looked really good is a statement on his own where he could be the starter come week six. And listen, Thomas Rawls missed this last game with that he had that ankle injury. Ankle injury. So it was minor. Yep. But remember, his ankle's been a problem all along. Right, it sure has. He missed time last year because uh, of the ankle injury. He only played nine games last year because why? He had an ankle issue. Right. So his minor ankle issue right now could be a major an- ankle issue here real soon. Thomas well, Rawls, to me, is a no-touch either. Eddie Lacy, to me, he's a no-touch. I said to trade that turd five years ago. You sure did. So at this point, if I had to take a guy... I'm going to go ahead and take Chris Carson knowing I can wait. I'm going to wait a little bit, and I think Chris Carson is going to be fantasy relevant when it matters the most, and that's coming out the middle to the late end of the season. Okay, well, we did gloss over the, the PPR guy there, um, CJ Prosize, a little bit as well. Do you do you throw him into the mix? Do you add him in as a viable guy, or or did the injuries concern you so much that eh, I don't even want to, to touch Prosize? <sighs> no, because if I own him, I'm kind of happy because – this is a guy that I think can come away and catch a decent amount of balls. Because, listen, Thomas Rawls ain't catching any footballs. Eddie Lacy's not catching any footballs. Neither of them are three-down running backs. CJ Proslice is a three-down running back. I don't know enough about Chris Carson to say that he's that true three-down running back. Plus, he's a rookie. So, I think CJ Proslice is locked in there. So, I guess over the whole span of the year, it's CJ Proslice. But when you come down to those guys, though, for me to actually have like a lot of value, listen, they're good spot starts, sure. right? Mm-hmm. But I want a guy that those guys are still the PPR guys like that are still kind of rare. You got Danny Woodhead, you got Darren Sproles. I think Duke Johnson kind of falls in that category too because they do like to line him up a slot enough where he's a running back too as well. But trying to think of other smaller, you know, just strictly third down or PPR running backs that are viable. I think. Right. Those are only three that really come to my mind, sure. honestly. So out of 32 teams, you got about three. Where can C.J. Prosize fit in there? He's got to catch at least 60 footballs for me to put in that category. And that is possible this year, strictly because of Thomas Rawls and Eddie Lacy being kind of just, uh, you know, and they might rely on C.J. Prosize. It depends what they want to do with Chris Carson. So that's why 
Do I just gamble on CJ Procise and hope he gets to that PPR running back viable options, which it's definitely possible. And I'd probably lean, if you had to tell me on Procise, which way do you lean? I would lean 51% more that he's viable as a PPR back this year. Okay. So it's very close. And, and same thing with me. It, they are, it's super close because all these guys have a work of some kind. You know, Fat Eddie is Fat Eddie. He's, he's, he has weight issues, man. He sucks. Dude. And, he sucks. you know, obviously Rawls has the injury to his ankle. Procise last year he couldn't stay healthy. Um, so the guys that you think would hold the most value are held back by injury. And then Fat Eddie's just held back by being being fat and not being able to push himself away from the buffet table. So the, all these guys have warts for me. I mean, Chris Carson's look good. We have a good Chris we have Carson an article does. by John on DynastyNerds.com. If you just want to backlog like a week or so about Chris Carson saying why he could be the start of this year and why he could be successful. Everything from the preseason kind of points to, again, him being that guy down the road. I mean, That's I, why I don't gloss over CJ Procise, but I am still, like we said, a 51% there. If I had to pick one guy, which is what we're doing, we're breaking that tie. Right. Uh, for this year, kind of – same thing. To me, I'm looking at it as like, okay, you know what? He's kind of like the Ezekiel Elliott category. I might have to wait on this guy a couple of weeks, but when he does get his opportunity and he can be named a starter for any amount of reasons we just named, then he will be something I actually feel comfortable putting into my starting lineup. Right, he's but, young. He's running well. I'll take those young legs and just run with it for this year. With such a crowded backfield, though, is he going to make the team? I mean, like, it's like I know he's run, he's run well. But is he going to be a guy that even makes the team, or are they going to cut him and try to get him through waivers and and, and get him on the practice squad? I think there's no. I mean, I think he's looking enough right now. I don't think he'd remain in the practice squad. That's, and then he gets swooped up, and and, and who I knows? Mean, the what's, Jets would right. sign him. You know, what I mean, I think right. somebody would sign him. Yeah. It is. It's a murky situation, kind of like we go back to New England, where we have a lot of names here, right? Thomas Rawls, right. Eddie Lacy. Those are some good names. And then you have the seventh round pick, Chris Carson. Like, oh. There he's, he looked, is. he's looked the best, probably, but um, he's a seventh round pick. That him and D'Angelo Henderson looks good. Yeah, I mean, I want some Henderson shares. So do I. Did we even talk about Henderson? D'Angelo Henderson got got skipped. No, oh, when we talked about the Broncos. Yep. Him and C.J. Anderson. Right. Let's hit it real quick. Give me D'Angelo Henderson. Okay, me too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last team. Last team we're going to talk about because we're. I think we're on the verge of the longest episode we've ever done. It's getting. It's getting up there. We still got a shirt to give away. Shoot. Ooh. Real quick, 49ers, because we have to just talk about it real quick. Carlos Hyde, Joe Williams. People were talking foolishly in the beginning of the year about Carlos Hyde and Mike Hutt get cut. Well, guess what? He's looked absolutely fantastic in camp. He's picked up the offense well. He's doing everything well. He's getting all the praise in the world. People are calling him the second coming of whatever God you want to believe in. And then Joe Williams has looked good too. Right. But Carlos Hyde's the man to own this year. He's going to beast if he stays healthy. Um. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that he's. I don't know that he's been a beast. I know I'm that you're it. like super he's optimistic. He's a beast. I mean, what is he like? Three point two yards in that last game per carry. I mean, that's not beasting to me. <laughs> three point two. Three point two. You get it, baby. Get it. You're not even getting a first down on. Three, I know, but he's got a little bit. Right of, he's got wiggle. He catches the ball well. I think he's going to be utilized well. I think. I think. I think he's going to have a pretty like I'm not saying high end running back one numbers here, but you're telling me the running back to own this year it's Carlos Hyde. No, I think you're probably right for this year, but I would rather have Joe Williams long term because I think I think at some point in the year they're gonna they're gonna give the guy a chance. Okay, fair enough. Sounds good to me. Um, all right, let's give away a T-shirt, shall we? We shall. Uh, Nerd Herd members, easy to do. All you do is donate a dollar and you can be a Nerd Herd member. Uh, we're about to give you a t- chance to win a T-shirt. 
And the winner is Tyler Charton. Come on down. That's right. All right. You picked the number. It was a high number. It was. Uh, and the name is Tyler Charton. C-H-A-R-T-O-N. You've donated and joined the Nerd Herd. Uh, you actually made a payment of the year. You know, 12 bucks. Like, give me all these competitions nice. for a year. So uh, that paid off. Tyler, you just won yourself a sweet-ass Dynasty Nerd t-shirt. Hope your love life is just okay. I hope it's great because it's going to get greater. <laughs> I, hope you're, I hope you have two hands because you're about to get so many high fives you're not going to know so what to do. So many high fives. Oh, yeah. That's right. Tyler, your life just got a whole lot better. Congratulations. And oh, yeah. So hit me up on uh, Twitter, at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. Uh, you can shoot me an email, Tyler. However you want to do it, just get a hold of me. I'll get your address. I'll get your size. I'll get your info. And uh, I'm going to ship you a Dynasty Nerd shirt. Pro, no, not pro bono because you did donate money. But cheaper than most. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so this was the longest episode we pretty much have ever done. Hope we got some good information out there. Yeah, just dr- let's drag it out even longer. Yeah, well, in the meantime, <laughs> you know, make sure you check out our friends Maisie, uh, of course, because they are amazing. M A Z E Y. Download the app today. Give it a whirl. Because if you don't, well, we will be just less friends than we were the day before. Plus, um, you're missing out. It, yeah, you're missing out. Uh, in the meantime, always get dinosaurs.com every single day. We are one step closer to 400 reviews on iTunes. We are only 34. Away. Cool. So if you have an iPhone, if you want to leave us a rating review, that'd be very uh great of you. We appreciate it every time. Helps us helps us in more ways than we can really say, honestly. Keeps us on iTunes charts, keeps us number one. So if you enjoy it, help us by giving us a rating review on iTunes. In the meantime, we'll be back next week uh, as we wrap up the preseason and get ready for the year. It's it's up fast approaching. It is really quickly. Uh we'll do our sleepers for the 2017 season. Whoa. In the meantime, I'll see you again uh on Saturday for the McGregor fight, Conor McGregor and uh Floyd Mayweather. I hope to be here. I'm going to the Indians game afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then uh you enjoy the rest of your birthday. You know the day's almost over. It's pretty much I'm about to fall asleep, so yeah, <laughs> it's over. Until then, we bid you adieu. All right, guys. See you. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.